This episode is brought to you by Portland Distro. If you like underground music, movies, and more, go to portlanddistro.com for licensed merch, vinyl, CDs, and more. Plug in the discount code 10 off T-E-N-O-F-F for a 10% discount at portlanddistro.com. same old phases it's the same old things happy new year everybody welcome back we had a nice week off from everything went black and um glad to be with you all i hope everyone had a safe holiday so it's just fitting that ralph and i kick off 2023 how's it going ralph i'm good hello everybody happy new year's also from my side here from uh, from the old motherland so to say um yeah i hope you had a good start into the new year and uh i mean yeah 2022 sucked for me mike and i know like you're also not a fan of that year so may 2023 treat us a bit better than last fucking year yeah i mean 2022 is rough 2021 was rough there was some promise in uh last year but uh i'm really looking forward to getting this year underway I have a lot of plans for stuff, and um, one of the high points of this past year was you and I reuniting in person and uh, sharing the stage for Unholy Passion. Oh, man, yeah. That was one of the best things last year I had to offer. Yeah, yeah I was, uh, you know, I still, I'm still kind of tripping out on, on the epicness of that whole experience and how cool it was to finally meet all the guys in the band and you know, all the other bands, Unruh was awesome, Lother, uh, you know, Death Somnia, yeah. like all these bands were great. Yeah, it was a, was a fantastic night and it like it was made even more special with you being there. So for me, like, I mean, from the moment where you said like, I'll come out and then like I have a flight booked, I'm like, oh fuck, this is seriously going to happen. That's awesome. And then when I brought up that idea to cover Unholy Passion and the other guys were like, yeah, let's let's do this. And I mean, they didn't know you like they knew Tombs, the band, but didn't know you. So and I think like when you the, from the moment where we all stepped into the rehearsal space together, there was like an instant chemistry and everybody is now talking. Oh, Mike Hill, the legend. Everybody. Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, that guy, that guy hits so much, man. I don't know what the big deal. <laughs> <laughs> So I can officially say for all you people out there wondering, um, from Camp Ulta, we can clearly state it's not difficult to work with Mike Hill. <laughs> He's not difficult to work with. It's funny how much traction that that one post that Drew made really got. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that shirt exists, man. There's a shirt. And it's done ironically, actually, because um, our, we had a, our friend Greg played in Tombs briefly. And it actually stems from him, where he was like, you know, man, um, people, sometimes they say you're difficult to work with, man. But, you know, I think you're very easy to work with, man. You're like real straightforward. <laughs> and I was like, I guess, really, people say that about me? I'm like, damn, you know, it just really, that's how it's, the genesis of that shirt started. And that's that's all funny. Again, like something that we have in common. Um 
when when uh, Blue Dose Nord of all fucking bands in the world, Blue Dose Nord named All That Has Never Been True as their number two record of the year. Yeah, I saw that. And like that, dude, like that blew me away. I'm like, fuck, this band is so special and so important to me because they're like one of the most free thinking art entities when it comes to extreme music. And for them to give us kudos like that, I'm like, wow. And then like we it it got like five six hundred likes or something that we reposted it and um then i checked like usually i don't like go through the comment section a whole lot but i was curious if people would be like oh fuck i've never heard of these guys and like thanks for putting us on because i think like people that dig blue dust nord could be potentially into Ulta. sure man absolutely and 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 then it was like all like a lot of people had like this this incredible praise of everything, and then there was one guy commenting in German, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I like the music a lot, but unfortunately they're arrogant pricks, and I don't want to like see them, and I, that's why I can't back the music. And like five or six people that that know me and know us were like, what the fuck are you talking about? Ulta is like probably one of the easiest bands to be around with. They have no ego whatsoever. And then it's like another guy. I did a I did a podcast, like a video podcast with a Black Metal Endurance Punk yesterday. Yeah, our, our friend. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And and he uh, he said like in another episode that when he drove out to the release show for Converging Sins, which was kind of like the the, the first Unholy Passion, that his friend that was in the car was like, yeah. You know, like Ralph, that guy in that band, he's an arrogant asshole. And like he was talking shit about me the whole drive. And then later on, he was like, uh, like the like Dirk. Uh, so the Breckman Endurance punk guy was like, yeah, like I met him and he's totally cool. So like, I don't know, like sometimes we we rob people the wrong way just by being ourselves. I don't know. But yeah, I think I'm not, I'm a easy to work with, too. I just think I'm. Uh, I might be a little misunderstood sometimes. Maybe you know. I don't know. It is what it is. So so like, so so you're not going like with people that like will force their will upon others, storm the capital to make the point clear that Michael is an easy guy. <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about that stuff, man. Like the the redneck <laughs> the redneck revolution that's going on in uh, the United States. <laughs> oh man, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was an epic time, you know, like I said earlier when we spoke, it was like, you know, my first time actually going to Europe as a tourist, you know, I didn't have all these road cases and I wasn't traveling with a bunch of like uh, suspicious looking characters, you know, and I was, I just had like my, my, my ruck sack with me and I walked on the plane and it was great, man. And when I got off the plane, I just left. I didn't have to go to the oversized luggage area to pick up you know a bunch of guitars and effects you know racks and things like that you know yeah yeah i remember when i picked you up in dusseldorf at the airport and i was waiting and you texted me it's like so yeah i left the plane i'm like okay cool so i'm here at that gate and waiting so i was like okay maybe i'll grab another drink or something and maybe i can go to the oh there he is <laughs> and then you were like <laughs> he already walked like at me I'm like oh okay well that that went fast yeah yeah, no, it was it was definitely a good time, man. You know, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fun. Before yeah, we get no, going, no, we on just, this, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, very good. No, before you uh, go into the plugs, I just wanted to say maybe a bit of a tease, but we like Mike and I spoke about something, so maybe 
maybe maybe this year something will happen where Mike has to fly again. We'll leave it at that. But this time, there'll be a very specific mission in mind. So that that's good. Yes. You know, I have to. There'll be some yeah. pre preparation. You know, so that that's cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, before we get going on today's episode, I just want to shout everyone out. Of course, this is part of a greater whole, the efforts that we put forth here at Everything Went Black. Of course, I'm re referring to the podcasting. Now, see, I always fuck this up. The horsemen yeah. of the podcast <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at it by now because I always use the hashtag when I repost stuff on, on, on the Everything Went Black. So, like, I think I can I, I can nail it at the first try. But um, oh, man. it's your show, so you have to no, learn. You, you know what? By all, you, do it. It's your show now just as much as mine, man. Say it. <laughs> no, so we give plucks to the horsemen of the podcast apocalypse, right? Yeah. Okay, that works. So it's perfect. Nailed, nailed it. <laughs> okay, who who do we have on Monday? Monday is Horror Wolf six six six. That's of course brought to you by Brandon Legion. On Tuesday, we have uh, Grandmaster Jackie Smith delivering into the Necrosphere, and that's like uh, pretty much the only extreme music podcast that I'm that I listen to these days. Uh, another one that I've been like checking out is uh, you know. Um, heavy hole out, out of Long mm -hmm. Island. Really cool guys to do that one. Wednesday is uh, Everything Went Black. Thursday is uh, Necromaniacs. I come back again with either Mike Scandato or Jeff Kashid, and we talk about horror films. And then Sunday, the Lord's Day, the Dark Lord Carl Hikara brings you Soul Knox. And that's uh, yeah. a pretty, pretty you know sick like channel right there you know we should all figure out yeah. a way to co collect all these things together and have like the, the podcasting apocalypse network or something like that you know yeah and and it's also what i what i like most about i mean i'm i'm like uh i i was a guest on your show like for years like now and then now being like this co-host status now and then and i got like sucked into the into the loop and now i've been in touch with pretty much all the people involved i think except for maybe jeff kashid like he and him and i we haven't interacted but i've interacted with mike scandado i've been guest on horror wolf i've been guest on into the necrosphere i just did an episode with carl for saul knox you've been like you've like all these crossovers are happening and i always have to think about how much I loved crossovers in the comic books. And kind of like, it's kind of the same thing here, where you have like these overlaps. There will be a new three-way three episode between you, Brandon, and I. There's these three-way episodes with you, Mike, and Jackie. And I like that shit. It's cool that we have like this kind of gang. Yeah. I, I really like it too, man. And um, I, it all happened naturally, which is really killer you know if you think about there was no like our management like you know let's you know like book you guys like there was none of that kind of stuff at all you know it was just yeah. everyone just putting out work everyone appreciating what each each other's doing and then we all have a lot in common and then we just started you know collaborating like this it's been awesome you know 
Yeah. The only negative point to this is I spend way too much money on DVDs, on <laughs> Blu-rays, on books. It's like every week there's something in my books like, oh, I need to get this, I need to get that. So thanks for this, but it's okay. <laughs> now, speaking about other beautiful things, uh, I also want to uh, welcome some new patrons on the Patreon channel. Of course, I'm talking about the Everything Went Black Patreon, which you can join for as little as $1 a month. And you get all the bonus content that you know, a lot of it Ralph and I do together. Uh, we have Long Shadows, which is uh, a weird fiction uh, sub show. I have uh, Hollywood Babylon, which is like a film classics show that I do with Evan Hopper of Quell. Uh, and then weekly, every Friday, we have staff picks, which are either films, uh, books, or records that may or may not be something that you guys are familiar with that we think is important enough for you to know about. So both Ralph and I, I put out a bunch already, but Ralph's also going to be contributing to that. And uh, that comes out yes. every Friday. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my mission for this year. Figure out home recording and do like a lot of these things because I, I always have like these ideas of stuff that I would love to talk about especially like being from Europe or like Germany in particular, like I want to do one about like the German extreme metal scene where like with bands that a lot of people should know. I want to do one on New Model Army, which is my favorite band, which never quite made it over the, over the pond. And I also have ideas for staff picks. And now that the author shows are like kind of died down and like before April, there will be nothing happening. I'm just writing the new Robes of Night record. Um, but I want, I want to contribute more to the Patreon. So yeah, for everybody who's already on there and always gives love in the comments because we always interact in the comment section. Thanks so much. That's really awesome that you contribute. And it's also for a good cause. Also, there's a lot of interaction, you know what I mean? Like there's, um, I feel like the people on Patreon are like, I don't know. There's like a cool little community of people. We interact with each other. We're going to try to do some live streams on there this coming year. I got to try to figure that technology out. And um, yeah, it's a growing, growing uh, community. And I also like to welcome aboard two new people. Uh, Zur Mazhaus. And I know that's not your real name, but I'm not going to use your real name because that's what you're showing up on in various channels that we interact with anyway. I don't know if you want people to know who you actually are, so... <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. And uh, I'd like to welcome Charles. They're like our two uh, newest members to the Patreon community. And um, yeah, so for as little as $1 a month, you can be a member. As little as $5 a month, you can be a $5 member and get early access to all of, this, all of the regular stream shows, plus the, um, you know, the, the, the special Patreon-only bonus content. And then I opened up uh, a sponsor level. So for $25, you can get a ad similar to the one I do for Portland Distro uh, for your band, your business, any kind of project. And you get pretty much everything in addition to that custom ad read. And you can do this for one month or for all eternity. So it's up to you. <laughs> I think I think you should 
<laughs> you should oblivion. install <laughs> <laughs> you should install like an option for like eight bucks or something where people send you a joke and you read the joke out loud because i think that would be funny <laughs> too <laughs> on the on the on the chris jericho podcast which is like i mean it's not a secret i'm a wrestling fan so pretty much next to the the podcast horseman um i pr primarily listen to like rest pro wrestling podcasts and chris jericho was always great he always has like metal people on there he had like damian leone of terrifier on there and also like like cool wrestlers and backstories and every week he has fucking duff mckagan send in the duff mckagan joke of the week oh wow so every every week it starts actually like wherever he is like and he's on tour with guns and roses all the time it was like he records a voice message of a stupid joke and sends it over and then they play it on that show. So that's always the intro to the Chris Jericho podcast is Duff McKagan reading a joke. Well, one of, the, one of the things we were thinking about doing for Necro is um, setting up a voicemail, like one of those Google voicemails. So uh, mm -hmm. people could actually call in and leave a message. And we were going to like, you know, have those tacked on to the show uh, just because okay. of all, you know, like with anything like horror films there's such a wide variety of opinions and we only give mm. our opinion we don't think of what anyone, mm. what anyone else wants to say so especially with rob zombie stuff people are very very d divided over his creative output you know so gotten a you know gotten some hate mail and things like that so i just think it'd be awesome to be able to play a lot like a lot of that stuff you know as well as well as like the the good stuff on there too you know but I love I love hearing <laughs> hearing people try to like tell me I suck and I should stop doing this stuff or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you 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 know what you've got coming then because I will invent an alter ego and we'll call it uh, cancel left wing <laughs> or something. <laughs> and we'll always like, oh, you show you guys should be canceled. It's like you're like misogynist white power guys and you're difficult to work with. So. Yeah, yeah, that, that's we'll kind see. of the stuff uh, but... I was hoping to to get. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, kind of like our our uh, our topic of today, who got like a lot of shit in his in his ways in his career, but um, yeah, uh, still a likable guy, and that's why we're doing a podcast about him. Of course, we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, the Aus the Austrian Oak. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bodybuilding champ, bodybuilding pioneer, actor, governor, and politician. I mean, the guy, if you really think about that, let that sink in for a moment. <laughs> Who think, think about how diverse that is. All of those things that yep. require a lot of uh, dedication to do. And he's, yes. to varying degrees, accomplished all of those things. Yes, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he didn't fumble and fail at any of those things. Of course, he had, like, missteps in his movie career. He had missteps in his marriage. And he had missteps as, like, a, as a governor. But, like, all in all, he has a pretty, pretty solid track record of the stuff that, like, the legacy he leaves behind. And to this day, I mean, I mean, he he's a Republican. And, and back then, I remember when he was in... in in charge that he like took money from the from the public education and refinanced the military with that because he was like a bush guy 
but then again like he's also he had did so much more like social engagement environmental work and he still does to this day and he fought hard again against trump like when trump was still the president and ran everything into the ground so i give him kudos for that yeah i mean you know i i've never been a republican myself you know and it's unlikely that i would ever vote republican and I probably would wouldn't have voted for Arnold, you know, honestly. But, yeah, yeah. but um, at the time that he was governor in California, um, there was uh, a lot of gerrymandering going on on both sides, and he was able to bridge the gap between both parties and actually get things mm. like the budget approved. And you know, he, there was there was some success to his uh, political yes. career, you know. And I know that in the United States, the the bar of success has been considerably lowered by, um, mm-hmm. you know, the four-year reign of terror that Donald J. Trump has, uh, <laughs> you know, done to to our my country. But uh, you know, before all that, Arnold actually, you know, had a, had a fairly successful political career. Yeah, and I mean, we're both primarily fans of his, like cineastic work or his canon of work but i assume you're also uh i might not i just expect like did you read any of his books on on like bodybuilding oh, physical yeah. fitness and because you're into that right yeah yeah definitely i mean like especially when i was younger like you know when i was in high school i mean i was all about like weightlifting and like yeah i mean i, I lift weight i still lift weights now i mo- i mean mostly for the last like decade or two i've been you know or decade i've been more focused on like you know martial arts and things like that but that the the arnold schwarzenegger encyclopedia of bodybuilding is like a must-have for anyone that is into weightlifting you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. like a a must-have in every library so yeah i mean he's a, a writer an author essentially too you know yeah he's like I mean, when we when we talked about doing this episode, and it kind of like stemmed from we did Stallone, and uh, and I think I spoke to Carl Hikara about uh, the Stallone thing, and then he mentioned like you should do Stallone, uh, Schwarzenegger too, and I'm like, yeah, actually we should, and I mean, I just like uh, I just suggested to you like in a mail that there's another great couple like these two dudes that we should do at one point. We'll see what the future brings, but I mean, Schwarzenegger is like. He's one of the biggest icons of our generation, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But before we uh, start going off on all of this other stuff, let's um, let's just get some of the basics down with Arnold. So mm-hmm. born, born July 30th, 1947 in Talsteria. Did I pronounce that the right way? Austria. How, yeah. How is yeah. that? How is it's, that pronunciation? It's, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> how, how would you say Let me say see. Let yeah hey what <laughs> so uh let me let me see because i just have graz graz which is the the city that he's famous for but like where shit where's the where's the uh, yeah tal yeah the, which is just like a tal with an h if you, you remove the h and you have t-a-l which this means valley so it's it's just like the translation for valley and i mean everything where he comes from and uh, I mean, we will talk about it. I have been to the Schwarzenegger Museum, and I've been in the town that where he was born. Um, it's pretty much in the middle of the mountains, you know. Like there's a lot of like these valleys, and that's I assume where Ta comes from. Yeah, I've been uh, practicing my French, 
even you know so that's that's why i knew enough to drop the h you know what i mean i've been yes right correct yeah trying trying to not be like a barbarian you know when i next time i go <laughs> to europe you know i want to be able to like i say this all the time but this time i'm actually putting efforts into you know really brushing up on my foreign languages so at the time of this uh podcast arnold is uh 75 years of age he is a uh-huh. u.s citizen he's a registered republican he was married to Maria Shriver between 1986 and 2021, and he has five children that we know of. <laughs> uh, and I think just 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 four of them are with Maria, right? The fifth one is his bastard son. Yeah. Or his bastard. Yeah. Right. Correct. And and uh, and did yeah. you did, did yeah? So what were you going to say? Did you know his who? Did you know who his son-in-law is? Um. No. Chris Pratt. Oh wait, yeah, yeah. Actually, I did read that. Yeah, that's interesting. Man. Yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah like uh, he was like like you said, he was born in the aftermath of the Second World War, pretty much at the end of the Second World War. Uh, he's born to Gustav and Aurelia, and Gustav is a policeman, a gendarme, like you call them in Austria. Um, he had a brother called Meinhardt and he passed early. I didn't find out like what from, but he was only, he was born in 46. So a year before Arnold and he already passed in 1971. So he wasn't that old. Um, and it's being said that, uh, Schwarzenegger grew up in a very disciplined and author, authoritarian upbringing, which is typical for post-World War II Germany and Austria. Um, and probably there, his, uh, his discipline, like, like, I mean, that guy is disciplined and, uh, maybe that was in his upbringing that, uh, the roots of all the things that he accomplished later on with being so, uh, disciplined. Yeah. Yeah, And, uh, so what, what is that area of Austria? Like you said, it's like a a valley or you you said you've been to the city. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it's uh, Graz is a uh, is one of the big like one of the bigger cities in Austria, but not like super big. I think uh, like I have to I would have to check it out, but it's like Cologne is definitely bigger. It's like a smaller, maybe hundred thousand people or something. Graz, um, very uh, very uh, much lane in between the bigger mountains of the Alps and everything. Um, and uh, very beautiful. It's like uh, it's one of those like the Austrian bigger cities like Vienna and Graz, and they have been like not like they don't look like the Second World War fucked up all of their old towns, you know. And um, so uh, it was kind of um, it's, it's really beautiful and secluded and the house that he lived in, which is now the Schwarzenegger Museum, that's on top of the hill, a bit outside of town. Um, very, very nice. And uh, well, when Ulfa toured in uh, 2019 for the Belong EP, uh, it was actually we toured all and it was like the day of my birthday. We were in Graz and my wish to the band was I want to go to the Schwarzenegger Museum. So, yeah, that's what we did and saw a bit of Graz when we played there. A very beautiful town. How far off the beaten path is that? Like, for example, say uh, say Tombs was in Europe and we played in 
Vienna? Like how far away would it be? Vienna is like far away from everything. It feels like where, from wherever you're going to Vienna, it, it takes a long time. But if you go from Munich to Graz, it's maybe like three or four hours. Okay. Um, but it's like Graz. Graz is like a city like Innsbruck or something where you could play solid shows. And I mean, we played Graz and it was like a it was a cool show. They don't have like these gigantic venues, but it's one of the I, I'm not very like very educated on like the size and, and, and value of the bigger cities of, of Austria, but I would say it's like one of the five biggest cities that Austria has. And well, like the house that he grew up in and the Partal is like a bit of the on the outskirts. So from the venue where we like we first went to the venue and uh, checked it out, then checked into the hotel, and then we drove there, and it took us like 30 minutes to drive out to where the house is. What kind of stuff do they have there? Mm. Dude, they have the original skull from Terminator 2. Oh. So stuff like this. Yeah, like he he actually he actually gave it to them when when they did the third movie and it was still a prop. Uh he gave it to them. So it's pretty much it's a it's a two-story building. It's like this old uh old house. Um and you go inside and it's like the the, the bottom is like uh it's where they reconstructed his childhood room. He lived with his brother, and you find like uh, the early goings. Then there's one part about the bodybuilding, and then when you go upstairs, it gets really interesting because there's a seg, like there's a part where they have like a, a Terminator 2, like a metal endoskeleton standing around. They've got an original Harley that he used to drive in one of the Terminator movies. Um, and they have a desk, which is a replica of, or maybe it's even the real desk that he had when he was a governor. They have, um, the, the head of, uh, the, the head mask of total recall. Um, a lot of cool stuff like photos behind the scenes, autographs, stuff from planet Hollywood. Um, it's really, it's really worth going there. Yeah. Someday I'd like to check that out. Definitely. <clears throat> But I think that in general, <clears throat> most people will agree that Arnold is uh, probably the greatest bodybuilder in the history of bodybuilding. You know, I mean, it, he's a pioneer in that sport, you know. And, and I would say not only was, uh, you know, his physique outstanding, but he was also really into being strong, too. Yeah. You know, and sometimes bodybuilding and strength don't necessarily go hand in hand, you know, because he also uh, competed in powerlifting and uh, like strongman type competitions mm -hmm. too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, like Olympic lifting, you know, clean and jerk, and uh, you know, powerlifting, which is like your total bench deadlift uh, squat. Mm -hmm. And he was uh, achieved quite a bit in that as well as just the aesthetics of bodybuilding. Dude, like he started when he was 14 and then like with 19, which is really young, he moved to Munich and started working in gym and training. And that's where his bodybuilding career got like kicked off. And then like, look at him, like with 21, he moved to the US and then he became five times Mr. Universe, seven times Mr. Olympia. And still to this day, he owns, and that's like, I mean, we'll come to this, his six rules for success probably. He was the first guy to ever have like a 20, uh, 24, uh, a 22 inch uh, bicep. 
and uh, that was a record back then because no one had that before him and that's what he said like he always wanted to beat the odds and he wanted to be better than the others and work harder and uh to like I, w I wanted to check out because hulk hogan in his prime he always said like oh check out my 24 inch pythons it's like uh if he actually was had like a bigger bicep than than schwarzenegger but uh yeah he broke a lot of records and that's why he's still the testament to endurance and absolute willpower and to me that like if you look at it nowadays the career i think the only one that like kind of follows his path is the rock who has kind of like the same going and pretty much it's clear that someday he will be president <laughs> i think so really. <laughs> yeah but why not fuck it yeah know. yeah dude i think i might run for president one of these days <laughs> dude <laughs> Do you have a 22 inch bi biceps? No. Okay. Absolutely not. So <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a prerequisite for becoming president is that you have to have 22 inch mm -hmm. biceps. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all right. Some of you guys out there uh, are grumbling right now about, uh, well, you know, steroids, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no doubt. You know, all these guys are on steroids, but that doesn't mean that you take some steroids and you turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, there's still a lot of training and discipline and intention that goes into it, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I know people that have taken steroids and uh, yeah, of course, it, it helps them recover, it helps them put on mass. You know, some types of steroids help you get lean, um, but none of them could have achieved any of the things that Arnold did. You know, and that is, you know, we're, we're all going to make that leap of faith that steroids were being used, but we're giving him credit for the work and the ethic that he has. You know, and I think that's like if he's going to tell me, give me advice about what to do. To, to be successful, I'm going to fucking listen to this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, what I think is like, uh, in 1977, there was the steroids trial then where it all came out. And he was the first to say, I did it. Like, he, he's not backing away from it. He says, like, yes, I did it. Because back then it was legal. I'm not saying everybody did it, but it was legal to do that. But once it got eradicated and wasn't legal... I still did the same workout and it worked even harder to get the same mass. And that's kind of like what I think with his endurance and his willpower that he's like, so yeah, I had the help and it helped me to achieve this, but now I, I'm not allowed to do it anymore. And I'm like in his, in his six rules for success, he's like, sometimes you have to break some rules, but not this one. And so I just work harder and then I'll, I'll, I'll get going and look what he did and achieved after the steroids. Yeah. Now, some of this stuff is uh, chronicled in uh, Pumping Iron. You ever see that one? Mm, no, I haven't. Oh, man, dude. You you need to see Pumping Iron. It's okay. Like, it's like a documentary about uh, that they filmed that while he was, uh, you know, trying to make his comeback as, uh, you know, Mr. Olympia. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he, he um, had lost a bunch of weight like a bunch of his mass uh, to, to, to be in the film Stay Hungry, all right? Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, so he kind of announced it on the fly that he was coming out of retirement to, um, you know, to go back and, and do a Mr. Olympian. So he only had, he only had three months to train. And, uh, this is where he defeated Lou Ferrigno, you know, the, yeah. and regained the title again. Now this, this movie is a must see, man. I, I don't know okay. if it's streaming anywhere, but it really, it's Arnold at the height of his powers as a uh, bodybuilder. Okay. And, uh, there's Lou Ferrigno, you know, um, training out in Brooklyn, you know, young Lou Ferrigno. And, uh, it's just a powerful movie, man. Really. Okay. The fu the funny thing is, like, I mean, you could argue nowadays, like, who who did the who had the better call? Because uh, Lou Ferrigno got casted instead of Schwarzenegger to play the Incredible Hulk, and uh, see who ended up with a better career. Yeah, well, you know, actually, Lou Ferrigno is uh, pretty much like um, he's out there still doing conventions and everything. It's mm. kind of cool. Like you, you might go to Chiller one year out here in Jersey, and you might see Lou Ferrigno there signing autographs. Yeah, when I when I rewatched uh, the King of Queens show a while back, uh, he's a part of that too, and I completely forgot that. And that's cool. Like he seems like a likable guy. Um, and uh, I don't know. Like I, w I would say hello to him. Like I think he's a cool dude. Yeah, I I like him just because he's got. You know, he's like a New York guy. You know he grew up in Brooklyn mm. you know he's like I don't know he's like reminds me of people that I know in my own life you know that's why I, I kind of always have a soft spot for uh Lou Ferrigno yeah so yeah so he achieved everything you can achieve in bodybuilding and then he got uh he got cast for his first roles now his first role was actually in 1970. So there was a little bit of an overlap between his bodybuilding career and his acting career. So he was mm -hmm. uh, 1970. He was in Hercules, you know, which was like this <laughs> super cheapy like film oh, where man. his accent was so thick that they had to overdub uh, another <laughs> guy doing <laughs> doing the voiceovers for him. So yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have not and seen this movie though. Oh, dude, I have. And I have a funny story about that. First off, he's not credited as Arnold Schwarzenegger because back then he said, like, people cannot pronounce Schwarzenegger. So he's credited as Arnold Strong, which is a cool thing in itself. Yeah. And uh, someone, sh someone should start a, like a power, power violence band called Arnold, Str Arnold Strong. Um, so so the, the movie is really bad. It's like really bad. Um, it's like a cheap superhero Herculean movie in a way. So it's it's one of those movies that ran uh, because Schwarzenegger is one of the biggest heroes over here. So you have like at Easter time or Christmas time in the in the regular slated TV slots, you will have like some of these old movies. And Hercules in New York was one of one of the movies that's I, I, it was called Hercules in New York here in Germany. And uh, it's one of those things that always ran. And I remember. Easter is like celebrated with your families over here. It's like the highest Christian holiday that you can have. And uh, so my my parents and my grandparents were sitting in the living room and I was watching the movie with my headphones on. <laughs> and by that time, um, you, there's, um, there's this, I mean, you get a lot of sweets for Easter. So there's like these little chocolate eggs that you give out and 
and uh, you know, like stuff made of sugar. And there's the stuff we uh, call gelée aya, which is pretty much like these wobbly gummy bear kind of stuff, but like more gelatin in it. And uh, it's just disgusting. It's just sugar and gelatin in a way, and it's covered in sugar. So like they're they look like chopped up half egg, and they're like red, yellow, green, blue, and has like a sugar cover around them. And uh, and we had like a ton of them standing on the on the living room sofa on the couch. And while my parents were like talking to my grandparents, I was watching that movie and eating a whole tray of that, which would be as as much as eating probably like four burgers or something. And I and I and I drank a liter of cola with oh, that man. because I was I, I was like ten or eleven. And I just remember that like all of a sudden my mom was like, "So dinner is ready, come over." And I got up, and in that moment, like all the sugar combusted, and I had to throw up like. A real gigantic like stream of vomit came out and like messed up the whole Easter ceremony, dude. Yeah. I was gonna say all that sugar, man. Like I, my heart would have oh, exploded. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> dude. I just remember like I, I, I don't remember me puking, but I remember like being on the sofa eating that whole tray of those those gelatin eggs. And then like drinking the liter of cola and then it's like, come on, get up. And I got up and my circulatory system must just revolt. And then it's just like, all of that shit came out. <laughs> so, yeah, good so movie. Now, good movie to remember. I, I, I need <laughs> to see that, man. I haven't seen Hercules. And uh, yeah. I don't know if it's, you know, you could probably stream it somewhere for free, I guess. I guess. Probably YouTube even or something like this has it as an illegal rip or something. There's actually quite a bit of stuff on YouTube as far as films go, man. Like, I there's like stuff that you can just go to YouTube and there's like some weird, grainy, you know, rip of a of a movie that you want to see. You know, so I'm sure it's up. Oh there. yeah, remember? Yeah, you you sent me the link to one like one of those an occult horror movie which was in the vein of like um, Exorcist and shit, which is like a second class movie that a lot of a lot of people praise, but it's on there. In its entirety i forgot the name but that was really good yeah after yeah uh he was also these are films that he did that overlapped with his bodybuilding career so he was in a movie called the long goodbye in 1973 mm -hmm. it's a robert altman film adapting uh raymond chandler novel and uh it stars elliot gould and uh i actually saw this movie but Okay. Uh, I don't remember Schwarzenegger though. He play I, he has a small part. He plays a hitman. So I I don't I have mm -hmm. to rewatch it. I saw this movie like years ago. And then he was in Stay Hungry, uh, 1976. I don't know anything about that movie. I haven't seen it. No, me neither. But it's almost like his whole life was leading up to this one point. And of course, I'm talking about the film that really put him on the map. And I'm, I'm referring to Conan, Conan the Barbarian yep. in 1982. And that's when I first heard Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I think most people did. I mean, for me, it was Terminator, but I'm 10 years younger than you. So that makes makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um. so I remember seeing that in the movie theater with my dad. And uh, I was like, you know, all right, now, very unpopular opinion. Okay. <laughs> I like the very beginning of that movie, you know, 
But mm-hmm. I, I have to be honest. Like, it looked cool. I liked Arnold as Conan. But you got to remember, at that phase of my life, I was obsessed with Robert E. Howard and Conan. The comic books oh. and the short stories and the whole mythos of the Hyborian age. So I I kind of didn't really like the movie, man. Got to be honest about mm-hmm. that. You know? So I don't know. Any thoughts? Your... <laughs> Any thoughts on that? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, like for me, when when um, when I found out about uh, Schwarzenegger, like I said, with like Terminator and uh, all those movies that he did were like playing on TV constantly because he was a money money grab, and so I watched all of that and I was just like absorb like absorbing it. And I remember I saw Conan the Destroyer before I saw Conan the Barbarian. And like Conan Destroyer has this pathetic scene in the Ice Palace with the, with the shitty monster that that looked terrible. And I think I saw Red Sonia before then before I saw the actual Conan the Barbarian. But when I saw Conan, I'm like, okay, now we're talking because that's the real deal, and that's why to this day I back this movie. Um, but I can I can understand what you mean. Like when I when I read the the the, the novels or like some of the novels, I'm like. Yeah, it's kind of I kind of I can imagine how people were like that knew the books were disappointed by the way it was. Um, I was disappointed when I saw the remake with uh, Jason Momoa, I think, played played Conan. And I totally for a while forgot that this movie existed. And um, but I still go back to the original Conan a lot, too. Yeah, I um, I don't think Conan has ever really been done the right way honestly or the way i would yeah. like to see it you know it's funny as we're saying this i can imagine uh champ morgan like <laughs> my my his opinion of me diminishing as as i go on and on about Conan <laughs> the barbarian so uh you know text me after you listen to this champ <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah i i don't think conan's ever been done the right way and I, I, there, there's not, there has to be more like sorcery, more like weird stuff, you know, like monsters, mm. like that kind of thing. And Conan himself had, had to be like a little bit more, um, you know, uh, crafty. You know, he was like an intelligent mm-hmm. character. I think now if, you know, we got Schwarzenegger as a mature older man to play Conan as King Conan. It might be a completely different story. I think. I think if someone like Robert Eggers were to make a Conan film of Conan as a king in Aquilonia later in his life, now would be the time to cast Schwarzenegger as Conan. I mean, that wasn't the plans, but it never, never got done. They yeah. were like, I think up until 2017, there were plans to do this, and I think there's even the graphic of him with gray hair sitting on the throne. Uh, and that that would have ruled. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's still possible, man. I mean, you know, Schwarzenegger looks great. You know, seventy five year old man. The dude looks amazing. Yeah, he says like he still works out at least half an hour with weights every day. Yeah, no, it it he looks like he does. You know, for sure. I can't believe he's seventy five, man. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm just, it's same, same thing with Stallone. Like I'm, I'm just watching his new show, Tulsa King. Oh yeah. And he, that, that dude looks ripped and he's like, 
he says like in in like he has like a, an on off thing going with the with a like a lady in that show and like when they hook up the first time she's like okay so how old are you it's like and then he says something about like uh when i when i was in middle school like he has like a reference for the time and she's like what that that would make you around 75 and he's like yes i am and i think he portrays his actual age because i think stallone is 75 as well or so right yeah or some, somewhere in that realm somewhere in that realm and, definitely yeah and he also i mean look at the expendables movies dude like he he like he went all in hard for that yeah no totally you know there's there's a uh, that other character that robert e howard did cull which is an even more like moody brooding like character than conan which no one ever talks about that character because there was never i don't think i don't think there was ever a movie made about him i don't know you know i might be mm. wrong about that but yeah there's like such a a wealth of interesting stuff in that vein and especially since things like uh game of thrones and rings of power and all that stuff is is uh kind of like sure. hot right now they should they should look to robert e howard to make some of these films yeah, they should have done. They should have done this instead of the shitty Willow show that is on Disney Plus now. Yeah, I haven't even watched that, man. You know. Oh, dude, it's terrible. It's like I don't know. It's also I think they they fumbled Willow. They fumbled with the Game of Thrones spinoff. They they really did a good job on the Lord of the Rings show. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, like a dark fantasy like this. I mean, that's like some of these things where I just think like also we talked about Werewolf by Night. It's like, dude, like push the fucking Marvel horror things and do it in that vein. That would would be so cool. Do like another like another Hell Hellboy movie with like with the darker imagery that you can do now. You know, in the quality of dark or nineteen uh, eighteen ninety nine stuff. Like, there's so much to do. And like, imagine like a dark, really dark, brooding Conan TV show. It's like looks like all bleak all the time and heroic like i would fucking dig that yeah man and and there i mean i have since we're on this subject i have to mention two of my other favorite characters um there's kane written by the uh the the very much underrated carl edward wagner um he's he's like such an incredible character and that's another thing they, they could just license a character like that or Michael Moorcock's Elric saga would be great too for like these, you know, Amazon or, you know, shows, you know, it'd be incredible. I think right now, pretty much all of these estates that you have, like with like written out stories that have been successful for years, it's only a matter of time until the big studios snatch it up because now Paramount Plus is like streaming here too. And so, like all all this like vice has its own tv like its own station and everything there's only so much stuff that you can do so eventually someone has to like pitch the ideas like dude we have a figure like conan that is like it it, it fits the like like it just made the case like it fits the vibe of game of thrones and lord of the rings so why not own up to it and just like commit and do stuff like this i mean they they could have done a fantastic swamp thing out of what they did with the show because it looked great the swan thing looked great they just fucked messed up the story and that, that's why it go like went went bankrupt but they could have done something genius with that yeah totally man and, and uh I, I would they still that's another character they never really did the right way 
you know, I, I'm uh, rereading the Alan Moore trade paperbacks of that that series, yeah. and it's like such an incredible, like, very intelligent story. You know that that lends itself yeah. to the, the the culture right now. You know, someone like um, the hell is the guy's name? Brian Fuller. You know who did uh, mm-hmm. Han- Hannibal? I would love to yeah, see sure. him take a stab at doing Swamp Thing. Yes. Dude, like I like I said, I, I totally back the looks of that show they did a while back. I don't I don't even know which which uh, station that was on, but like I, I watched the first episode and I'm like, okay, so the Swamp Thing itself looks great. The setting is great. It's dark. It's moody. And then like the second episode is also cool. And then it just like lose complete interest because it turns into this shitty love story with like stupid characters and you're like what the fuck are you doing it's not difficult to but like it's the same thing in wrestling i could like i always feel like i could tell the writers like do this with that character and it would work and then they go the exact opposite way and yeah maybe sometimes we just have to accept the fact that they ruin stuff that we like i think uh that was on the DC Universe app, the Swamp Thing show. Yeah, that might that, that might be true. Yeah, yeah, I, make, I had would that. make sense. Yeah, I had that when it was a thing that they discontinued that mm-hmm. too. Um, so what's actually the movie where I think everyone will agree, the franchise, the king of all franchises, is uh, the Terminator. That's like when Schwarzenegger really, in my estimation arrived as like a force in the action world yeah. you know yes and it was something completely un- unseen or unheard of before from the technology and the looks and it was just perfect and i remember that um when i i mean like i mentioned before like everything here in germany usually is dubbed so it had like a real cool cool voice and uh then I saw it the first time in English, and I'm like, "How the fuck could Americans back him talking like this?" And then, for like an Amer- an American friend of mine said, "Yeah, because he always sounds like a robot." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense for Terminator." <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I, it's it's incredible, and I think like the the first Terminator is still like it's from 1984. When you look at it, it's it still holds up. It's one of my all time favorite movies, actually. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I was, I saw that when it came out when I was a kid and, um, not in the theater. I think I saw that on VHS or something like that. And, uh, totally blown away by it. Like I'd never seen anything like that, you know? And, and, um, like I was reading, uh, you know, stuff that, you know, like Philip K. Dick and things like that. I got into that stuff in high school and, um, you know, there was like, uh, the more dystopian, like sci-fi stuff kind of primed me for the terminator you know but yeah i'd never seen a film like that you know it was kind of like a horror film a lot of it took place at night it just had this like very cool look to it and uh like he was actually a scary character you know this unstoppable force and yeah. um and also he just was fucking cool man you know he had like that yeah. you know the army jacket and i don't know just the whole vibe of that that movie was great yeah, and then, then again, to me, it's like because the first thing I saw was Terminator 2. And uh, to me, that's like, that's to me is the Schwarzenegger Terminator thing because with the black leather 
I think like going back to watch the Terminator and he has like this grayish kind of jeans overall. And they're not like he has gray jeans, gray pair of jeans and this gray jacket. He looks cool too, but like the all black biker Terminator and uh, opposing Robert, the all time great Robert Patrick as the T-1000. That to me is like, that's the, that's the thing. Yeah. So what, uh, out of all of his films, you know, what would be like, say your your like top three Schwarzenegger films uh twins junior jingle all the way <laughs> okay no that that's I didn't expect that <laughs> <laughs> no 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 I I I have to say like I I do like some of his comedic shit he did and I mean it got bonkers like look at him in, in Batman and Robin as Mr. Freeze and uh <clears throat> um no but like to me oh, number one will always be terminator 2 because i mean we've spoken about it like the soundtrack with you could be mine offense roses was my entry into heavy rock music um the the, the look of terminator 2 so yeah that one second one must be predator because i think the predator the first one is still unfuckwithable and uh for the third one maybe total recall i i think total recall is a complete bonkers movie and has a crazy story and i still love it but it's maybe tied to commando or conan so yeah some of that realm definitely number one is terminator 2 number two is predator and yeah then the others do you what have about any, you? any uh any like run, runner-ups or anything like that um, I have to say, I like, uh, I like, uh, end of days, his, uh, satanic, uh, demon killing horror, uh, kind of action movie, which was like retarded. Um, I really like Terminator Dark Fate, the 2019 Terminator it was the first one that I really enjoyed after the, like the original ones. Um, I, uh, love raw deal. And one one of these uh, TV movies that I was talking about, one thing that I always played was The Running Man. It look it looks shit nowadays in a way, but I still enjoy this a whole lot. So yeah. Did you know there was a Terminator uh, series? Yes, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't haven't seen that, but I remember Benny of Planks was a big fan of that. Yeah, it's uh, Lena Lena Headey plays. Um... Sarah Connor and that I haven't seen any of those either actually I want to check them out though yeah I really I, I thought about doing a dig like a deep dive with like watching the movies like all of them I mean there's uh Terminator 1 Terminator 2 the three is the rise of the machine ones I remember that I thought that sucked um then Terminator Genesis I saw wasn't there even one where he wasn't even in the movie I don't know, like, but like, I think he had a cameo and like all of them. Yeah. And like I said, ter- the the Dark Fate one, the one that came out two thousand nineteen, I backed that one. That that's a good good movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely watchable for sure. So yeah. for me, my first, my top one is Terminator nineteen eighty four, the original, and uh, mm-hmm. I just, I I like Terminator too, but I I find myself rewatching terminator the first more than terminator 2 and 
You know, it's mm. funny. I, I said the king of all franchises. I, I, I got to be honest. Like, most of the other Terminator films are, like, yeah. mediocre. You know what I mean? Some are better than others. Um, definitely want to check out this uh, series with uh, Lena Headey yeah. as Sarah Connor. That'd be interesting. I like yeah. I think she's, I great, she's a great yeah. actress. Man. I really, really like her work anyway, you know. I, I was I was a bit like what, what does he mean like the king of franchises because like all of these movies blow most yeah. of the times yeah but like um, <laughs> <laughs> I think like if you would ask me like what's the king of franchise I would say James Bond yeah because you're right. it's like one of the mo mo longest running with the most installments I think I would go with Mission Impossible is one yeah. of these and then of course we've got all the big horror tropes which also consecutively mostly have like terrible things after part two or three but when it comes to action i think it's just the the trade like the 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 property of terminator is one of the most significant and one i mean look at fucking fear factory they based their whole band on fucking terminator 2 yeah you know like all the sounds the the things the aesthetics and um like the first and second one the looks of it they they're, they're almost, I think, as like the laser sounds, the tank sounds is almost as significant as Star Wars, because like half of the movies that uh, use uh, laser sounds use stuff from LucasArts that they did for Star Wars. And the Terminator has its own and Terminator and Alien. They both have like these uh, incredible sounds that they use. And you can always say like the motion tracker in Terminator that that, that in, 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 in Alien. Right. Like whenever that sound comes on, you instantaneously know it's the motion tracker of Alien, you know, and and I love that. Have you ever read the Dark Horse uh, comics of Alien and Terminator? Um, I had Alien versus Predator versus Terminator, like a paper bag, but there were a ton of them in the 90s when oh, they yeah. explored all of that stuff. Yeah, the Alien series, there's you can buy them in collections now. I, I They're not currently in print but you can find them out there mm. and the alien one was great the terminator okay. one was okay and then mm. there's a predator one which i haven't read i haven't read that series okay. and there was also uh a, a, a thing one too thing from another world that uh oh wow okay. yeah, dark horse like expanded on all that stuff back in the 90s and uh ver varying degrees of uh quality but the alien mm -hmm. Uh, series was great that one is very really real they should have followed that for all the sequels as opposed to doing what they ended up doing with with aliens see there we go this is the ne next thing on my list that will cost me money but uh yeah <laughs> um okay so number one number yeah. one terminator what's yep. number two number two is end of days where he plays uh jericho huh. kane 1999 yeah okay yeah i love that movie yeah, see, my my runner up. Yeah, so that's amazing. Yeah, you know, and and also he he acts in that movie. It's not just him taking off his shirt, you know, and flexing. Yeah, you know, he actually plays like a character, and uh, you know, he I think his act that's 1999 is where I think Arnold has, has made it turned a corner with his acting abilities. You know. Yep. And uh, my third is uh, Predator, the original 1987 Dutch Schaefer. Yeah. Uh, once again, I think he did a, you know, between 1984 and 1987, his acting skills, I think, exponentially increased between those two movies. Yeah. 
And I mean, look look at like the the beginning. I mean, we've got Hercules pumping iron and the comeback, and then <clears throat> Conan, Conan, Terminator, Commando, Raw Deal, Predator, Running Man. It's like back to back bangers. Red Heat, sorry, that also. And then he started doing like comedic stuff with twins. But then he got back with Total Recall and Kindergarten Cop. Kinder I liked when it came out. Back then I was young and I watched it. Kindergarten Cop was cool. And uh, oddly enough, I've actually seen the school that Kindergarten Cop was shot at. Did I ever tell you about that? No, you never told me that. Um, there's this little town on the West Coast when you go from Portland to the coast and drive down to San Francisco. Um the, to me, way more enjoyable route than the, the Gold Coast trip from San Francisco to L.A. Because that's only like, I don't know, like ser serpentines and, and, and it's like beach and water. But if you go from Portland down to San Francisco, you've got these big sequoia trees and, uh, and you've got the beach on the right-hand side. And it's just really gloomy. And, and that's like to me when, when Wolves in the Throne Room started to make sense listening to this in this setting. And uh, Danny and I were uh, out on our honeymoon back then, drove down there, and then we entered like a little, it's like a, it's like, like a little beach town that is like in a, what's it called? Um, uh, when you have like this room, like this part where all of a sudden there are some houses at the beaches, you know, like a, not a cove. Um, uh, you know, like it looks like there's a like a, a part of the ocean is cut out, and they just built houses next to the beach. So this this really small town called Astoria. Oh, okay. And we, yeah, and we drove down through the forest. We're like, oh, this looks hella nice. And we're like, oh, we could just like take a break here. And it's like, okay, maybe there's something to eat, something to see. And there's like tourist info film museum. I'm like, they have a film museum in Astoria. Okay. So we had some time to kill. It's like, let's just go in there. It was like 10 bucks. And there was a there was a Jeep outside that had like bullet holes in it. And I'm already like, uh, it's like, huh? Wait a second. I this this Jeep looks totally familiar, and I don't know why. So we went in and we thought like it's just a movie museum, but it's actually a museum for all the movies that have been shot in this small remote town of Astoria. And this Jeep is the jeep from the goonies where the gangsters and the goonies drive away from and in this fucking town is the fucking goonies house so like i went up to to the goonies house which is one of my childhood favorite movies um and i was standing in front of the house i'm like holy shit and then it's like i turned around and like two streets down there was a school building i'm like and i swear to god that's the school from kindergarten cop and then we looked in the brochure and it is actually the school from kindergarten cop so they 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 shot um, uh, they shot uh, turtles in time in that city, the Goonies, um, Kindergarten Cop, and they did the one with oh man, uh, there was an '80s movie with a robot. Um, it was called Number Five in Germany, and it was a robot that wanted to learn all the time. It was like, um, wait, let me see what that is in English. Uh, uh, short Circuit. Uh, oh okay, yeah, that's yeah. it. No, that, that, okay. that sounds like that sounds right yeah short circuit it's called and like again the, the stupid german thing where they uh where they just like oh it has a, it has a name that doesn't make sense in german because no one knows what a short circuit is so we call it number five lives <laughs> interesting yeah 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that 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 town is crazy. It's very beautiful, and yeah, that's where we saw like the school of kindergarten come. And yeah, it's like movies like this. You know, when I'm in a um, in a phase where I feel bad and I just need something to watch to enjoy. I still like can enjoy Last Action Hero, Kindergarten Cop, or stuff like this. I even like at Christmas if Jingle All the Way is on TV when I'm with my parents, I don't skip channel. It's it's ridiculous, but it's kind of fun. I just Schwarzenegger is just like a likable guy. Yeah, he's good in, in pretty much every movie, man. I, I I have I have to agree with that completely. That he's a likable character wherever he shows up. You know, yeah. I got a couple of runner-ups too, man. I got um, uh, Raw Deal. That's mm -hmm. uh, you ever see that one? It's like the kind of yes. gangster one. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, Maggie. You see that? One? I haven't seen that one. I wanted to ask you if that one is good. One hundred percent. See that? It's it's definitely okay. it almost made my top three actually. Oh wow! Okay, good. Yeah, and Total Recall. Total Recall is just a great yeah. great movie in general. Uh, you know, yeah. he's he's awesome in it. I, that's like one of my one of my. That's a go-to movie of mine too. That almost made it in the top three. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's just it's one of these over-the-top movies, and uh, it's uh, everything that Paul Verhoeven does is like over the top from the get-go. And uh, I mean, like this this the holy trinity of like uh, Verhoeven with with RoboCop, yeah. Total Recall, and. Um, uh, damn, them like with the Marines and the Bucks. Uh, what's it called? Um, you know, like the super bloody oh, one where yeah, yeah, yeah. um, um, fuck off, dude. I'm like, I'm too tired for this. Uh, yeah, but like when it's like the, the super brutal violence that he some some sometimes does in his movies is so entertaining and it's actually good criticism towards like some things and like the uncut RoboCop one is like is is a gem and I think didn't we do a, an episode on RoboCop two a while back or I think we talked about it at one point that would be a good thing to look into that's uh Starship Troopers is what you're talking about yes correct yes right 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 yeah. Yeah, if we have if we haven't done RoboCop, we should do one on RoboCop one and two. Yeah, I gotta be honest. Like, yeah, the first one is like super super dark, man. And uh, the, sec yeah. the second one, if I if my memory serves me correctly, uh, Frank Miller, the uh, comic book creator, mm -hmm. has something to do with the script of that second one. Yeah, and the first and second one, they still are, I think, amazing. And the third one is it's it's kind of like the Hellraiser thing. One fantastic two doesn't hold up as good as you remember it to be the third one straight up garbage yeah yeah definitely um number uh robocop 2 though has uh one of my all-time favorite uh villains in it though it's um what the hell is it patrick i think his name is patrick noonan mm -hmm. who um you know and the whole thing with with the that drug nuke you know, he's yeah, like yeah, a drug yeah, yeah. Dealer guy, and I, uh, yeah. just a fucking good, good movie, man. But yeah, the first RoboCop yeah. is like really, really kind of depressing and sad in a way too. You know, absolutely. And also the cast is just bonkers, and it's it's yeah. Well, we'll we'll do a RoboCop one. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, eventually, uh, Schwarzenegger would replace uh, Donald J. Trump. 
on <laughs> on the television show, uh, The Celebrity Celebr Apprentice in 2015. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Donald actually um, would criticize, would go on to criticize Arnold in his role. You know, on, on yeah. this is, you know, then eventually uh, Schwarzenegger stepped down, but not after uh, Arnold attacked him on uh, Instagram. Yeah, of course. Or, of course, his uh, paraphrasing, he's like, hey, Donald, I have a great idea. Why don't we swap, switch <laughs> jobs? You take over TV because you're such an expert in ratings, and I take over <laughs> your job, and then people can finally sleep comfortably again. <laughs> <laughs> he's a smart-ass motherfucker, man. Like, he's, he's not as dumb as you thought he would be. I mean, I think he, like, he learned hard, like he did everything in the hard way. And um, probably he came like over to the States looking kind of like a goofball. But the dude like read his stuff like he knows what he's talking about. Dude, that, that's like a thing that people, I mean, if you think about how incredible his story is. Like the guy came over as an yes. immigrant, you know, whenever you go to another country, you definitely stand out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I do. Like, fuck, when I'm in Europe, I feel like uh, I totally stand out. So, Remember when, when you picked me up at the airport I and mean, we went to get coffee? And like, yeah. Maybe it was because I was exhausted because I hadn't slept in, you know, 24 hours at that point. It was, But I was trying to communicate with the guy at the coffee shop, and I felt like yeah. such an idiot. I was like, this guy thinks I'm, I must be from, like, I grew up in, like, a tent somewhere or something. You know what I mean? And I was like, why want so you can imagine being an immigrant coming to another country and then you're become yeah. governor of California and like this yeah. iconic action hero. And also, yeah. oh yeah, by the way, the most prolific groundbreaking bodybuilder, you know, and yeah. uh, you're immortalized in history, really. Yeah. The, the, the dude is like, and I, that's when, I, when we, when we talked about this idea, that's what I told you, like in, in our English books, like uh, I mentioned this a bunch of times, it's like I don't just like teach literature in English. When I teach kids English, it is like teaching them to speak the language of English. And cultural studies is just like a minor side note, it's like a sidebar, more like a like a narrative that you like adjust the grammar in. And um, so, like in when I was like in school to learn English, I remember that in my sixth grade, sixth, in the seventh grade English book, there wasn't like an audio file and a text about Arnold Schwarzenegger, where someone like impersonated Arnold to read his biography in a way, like for, for kids. And that, that day, that's when I started imitating Schwarzenegger. And uh, so now when I talk about like America, which is in the eighth grade, but in our schools, um, and you talk about the American dream, I always use like the example of Schwarzenegger and have them like like read up on that and then sometimes I even teach a lesson as Schwarzenegger, which is like kind of ridiculous, but the kids love it. Like <laughs> because I can I can imitate him fairly well. And uh, so yeah, it's I mean, it's if 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 like if there was ever a success story, it's that one of him. You know, there's also been like, you know, just like any other famous person, some uh, smudges on his uh, permanent record, you know, of course. Yep. Uh, aside from steroids, in a uh, article in We Magazine, the famous adult magazine, 
weed. He talks about smoking marijuana. And uh, mm-hmm. in Pumping Iron, there's a scene where after winning, he's enjoying uh, some cannabis. So <laughs> that hardly, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, yeah. into uh, marijuana really. Um, mm. But it's, that's really hardly an illegal drug these days. You know what I mean? In the States, yeah, at least it yeah. is. I don't know about Europe, but in the States, it's pretty much decriminalized in most civilized parts of the country. Yeah, it's happening here and this now too. Yeah, it's uh, it's like New York, Seattle, Boston. It's like totally legal on like a uh, you know a recreational level to smoke weed. Seattle was like the first city I'd ever been to that where people were just like freely smoking marijuana. It was like being in like Amsterdam or something like that. You know. Mm. Some Berlin politicians pitched the idea of like decriminalizing all usage of drugs. So probably like, to train the the uh, to train the idea of like you have to be responsible for yourself. Can you imagine like in Berlin that oh, like man. when when math when math and LSD and and, her- and all that shit isn't illegal anymore, then it would be like fallout. Like but it would be like <laughs> Vancouver because there's that one neighborhood in vancouver that's uh where the rickshaw is located this venue which um okay it's it's uh one of the sketchiest places i've ever been in man it's like i think it's uh west vancouver i might be wrong but every time i go there it's i just see some of the sketchiest people like really dark stuff all the time and of course the load-in for that venue is like down some side alleyway you know, so you oh, go off great. the main road, you go down, you make a, a, you make two turns to get to the back of the venue. And that alley <laughs> at night is just complete <laughs> darkness, you know, like people doing drugs, like having sex, like stuff like that. You know, it's like there's needles everywhere. There's like human, you know, feces and stuff like that. It's pretty brutal. Oh, man. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, I've been to, to places where you're like, when you tour as a band, you get out of the van, you know, like two people have to stay here <clears throat> and protect the van at all times, or otherwise we'll have no wheels and nothing left anymore. And that's mostly the part of towns when you read like some some American bands on tours, like, oh, they got robbed in Lyon. What a surprise. You know, like some of these French towns, they're like incredibly hostile. And uh, yeah, it's like, it's super sketchy. And I remember like when I was this, the states the first time and did that round trip off the west coast and then i took the greyhound bus to san francisco to stay with a friend for a couple of days um i in the afternoon i took a bus and went to like downtown san francisco and then it's like oh i have a map here and i need to go to hayden ashbury so it's like 10 blocks I, i i can just walk up there so i i i made it through two blocks and then i turned around because i was shit scared I'm like, holy fuck, this is like, this is the real deal. And I remember that the bus driver was like, we had like a bus that drove us around, like the, the, around the States. And then he dropped up the whole group at the LAX. And he's like, uh, so where do you need to go? I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to a friend in San Francisco. So he's like, oh yeah, how do you go there? It's like, ah, I'm taking the Greyhound bus. I'm thinking about like using public transportation to go there. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, no way, that's in Skid Row. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. I will... Uh, <laughs> I will. I was like, "Oh, Skid Row, that's a cool band, bro." <laughs> and he was like, "Nah, dude, like you, you don't know. Like this is like this is the real deal." And so like he drove me there, 
And he said, like, when's your bus leaving? It's like, yeah, in five hours. He's like, you go inside the Greyhound station and you will not leave the Greyhound station until your bus comes. I'm like, really? Well, whatever. So I went in there. We got hungry. It was a buddy of mine and I. And we're like, oh, there's a McDonald's over there. Let's just go over. It took like maybe 10 steps out of the out of the the, 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 tra- the the station for the Greyhound bus. And we're both like, fuck, let's get back. That was so scary. So I can imagine that alleyway you were talking about. Yeah, dude. You know, San Fran is no joke, man. Like e- even back in the day that <clears throat> I know everyone, it's like really popular right now to talk shit about the West Coast and how, you know, brutal and dreary it is and the homeless and all. I, yeah. I know that that's like a thing right now, but San Francisco has always been sketchy, man. Like I've always had really buck wild experiences walking around that city, you know, and like I, San Francisco, Golden Gate Park. I saw this guy with literally the worst staph infection I'd ever seen in my life, man, on his leg. And I was like, that dude probably died as a result of that. You know, that's how bad it was, Um. dude. And, um, oh God. Yeah, it's always, it's just a fucking rough town, man. You know, I mean, it's a great city, but it's a, you know, rough city you yeah. know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and of course, uh, Arnold, you know, there was some like sexual misconduct, you know, got to mention this stuff too, you know what I mean? But, mm. you know, yeah. he, uh, owned up to it. He admitted that he behaved badly, you know, he apologized. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know. <laughs> That's all I can say about that. Well, if if you pull that stunt, my friend, if you pull that stunt on Necromaniacs, you will know cancel left man would call in and would say like this doesn't fly. <laughs> well, that that's uh, I, I would appreciate, you know. That would be a well appreciated statement, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, he's like uh, when I when I made that comparison to to the rock that's what I remember when you were here, we were talking about The Rock. It's like, I'm curious if he will be the only guy of that success rate that will, won't will have any dirt to his stick, you know? Because, like, Stallone had some, pulled some shit, and, and Schwarzenegger did, Bruce Willis did, they all did. But, like, right now it looks like The Rock is the perfect guy. I mean, he kind of, like, blew, uh, like, lied about the success of Black Adam which was like a fail. But uh, aside from that, I haven't read anything about him being a dick to someone else. Yeah. Well, if he runs for uh, any kind of political office, I'm sure something will come out or they'll fabricate yeah. something or, you know, they'll, they'll stage something yeah. where he looks bad. You know, that's, that's kind of how things yeah. go in this country. Yeah. Yeah. But aside from that, Schwarzenegger, one of the all-time greats, do you think or agree? I agree. I agree, hundred percent, man. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a tie between him and uh, and and Sly as to who yeah. would be my favorite action, you know, hero. You know, the, both of those guys have have a lot of hits. Yeah, the thing is, I think just like they're more, more like I mean, they had like this this rivalry, like when they. Uh, I mean, they had like the the Planet Hollywood Cafe with with uh, Bruce Willis, but they were like upping the ante on each other, just like for fuck's sake, kind of like who's could do in the replacements that they have like this love hate <laughs> relationship, and where they were like, okay, like in my next movie, I'm going to kill like 50 people, and I will have like bigger Uzis than you have, or something like this, you know, like this re- retarded like kind of fun rivalry. Um, 
but it, I think the, the biggest difference is that to me, like in the overall canon of work, is Stallone is the more serious guy. I think Schwarzenegger always incorporated more fun and humor because just maybe because of the way he talks and acts. And I think it's portrayed best in, in his cameos in the Expendables. If you look like, I mean, the first Expendables is not what you wanted. The second Expendables is the one that I actually wanted. Um, and like Sly is like the old tough guy and, you know, like super serious. And then Schwarzenegger comes in with his Hawaiian shirt, lighting the cigarette, dropping all the all the quotes from his old movies. And it's like kind of the winky eyed guy. But the two of them together are something that we will probably never see again. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you mentioned The Rock and uh, like The Rock. Uh, yeah. I think he's a good actor. You know, I, I I like a lot of I like seeing him in movies, um, but he just doesn't have that element of danger that Stallone had. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like Stallone and Cobra and Nighthawks. Oh man, are that's yeah. that's like you know he's he looks like a fucking bad man. You know. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they try to 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 give like The Rock several of his of sidekicks that they try to you know like to to have him as like uh they're like the second man kind of like the like if you look at stallone and schwarzenegger they appeared i mean they had like later on the movies like escape plan and the expendables where they acted back to back um but like they tried it for the rock with jason statham Statham, and both of them don't have the level of honesty to it i mean they're both good actors and i mean we talked about money truck or cash truck and Jason Jason Statham can act serious, and he's a good actor. Also, The Rock, but they both lack the danger. They're good in their like kind of winky-eyed action roles, um, but yeah, I think like a duo like Stallone and Schwarzenegger will never see something like this again. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Statham because I I actually he's one of the as much as he's successful in his career to me on a personal level, he has one of the most disappointing careers. Because mm. he's such a great actor, like I think that dude really has legit talent and can act. But mm. you know, he chose to just be an action guy, and which is for him yeah. like, the right thing to do because he made like tons of money, and you know he's successful, and he's in all these. You know, he's like part of like that action hero franchise. But when you see him act, like in he was in the Expendables, I think, right? Was that yeah? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like he blows away everyone in that film on pure acting. Like he's like a real actor compared yeah. to all those other guys. You know, I, I would like to see yeah. him do something like, you know, like he's like like Daniel Craig. I, I kind of wish he had a career like Daniel Craig where he's more of an actor than just like a guy who like beats someone up and takes off his shirt and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, Statham was also in. Uh, they they put him in this um, uh, in the in the Fast and Furious franchise with The Rock too, and there they also have like this back and forth, and they're both more like the the funny guys. And yeah, I mean, if if it works for him, I mean, I just read today that uh, like Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't know if you don't if you know him, like he's the one of the probably to most the best soccer player yeah. of all times. And he just like signed a contract with Saudi Arabia for 200 million euros. Um, and they all said like, he will play for one of the shittiest teams in a shitty country, 
but he will get 200 million euros, you know, like, and at some point it's just like, what do you want to do? I can just like kick it like a low ball and just cash in my money or I can start like working hard and grinding hard. And I think what separates like a lot of like, like Schwarzenegger or Stallone. And also I would say the rock from a lot of the other action stars is, uh, that they have the work ethic. And I think that's the biggest comparison that I have between Schwarzenegger, Stallone, and also The Rock, that they have this ultimate uh, thirst for pushing themselves harder and being the guy that works the hardest in the room. Yeah, that that's a good point, you know, because like all the guys that you just mentioned came from more, like they, they were, they had to work up to where they are now. You know, yeah. and, and Statham is actually Statham is actually playing down. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's terrible. I, I don't like that. Yeah, it's the it's the the Schwarzenegger quote of like staying hungry. That's like, uh, I mean, do you do do you know his six rules for success? Have you read them? No, or do you know them? Tell me, tell me. It's I I, I found out like when I when I checked like to do the research and uh, I I was on the website of the Schwarzenegger Museum. Um, and there was like this small video they produced. It must have been like in some interview where he was asked about his success. <clears throat> and uh, so he has like six rules that he wrote down and he explained to um, And uh, they're also, you can have them as a poster and everything. And when you read them, I think like it holds up to the way Schwarzenegger is, to the way Stallone is. And again, my comparison to The Rock Um so if we want to, I can do them in the Schwarzenegger voice to make it more well, more accurate. Well, that that's like the only real way to do it. Yeah. Okay. So my six rules for success that you will need to know. You know, the first one is always trust yourself. Why do you want to be someone else when you don't even know who you self are? You have to do what makes you happy. That's the first rule. The second rule is you have to break some rules. Not all of the rules are right. You have to be inside the law, but sometimes you have to think outside the box and break some rules, you know? And the third one is don't be afraid to fail. There's places in your life where you will need to fail. And don't be paralyzed by the fear of failure because failure is normal. But then you get up and you get on and you get down to the next level. Number four, ignore the naysayers. There will always be people talking down to you and want to try to keep you down. Don't keep yourself down. The fifth one is uh, work like hell. Work your butt off. No pain, no gain. And the last one, to keep you grounded, always give back. Because you can't be at the position where you are without other people. So when you're successful, give back to other people. Yeah. Words to live by, man. Definitely. They're fucking all right. It's like, I'm like, holy shit, this dude is like also a philosopher in a way. Um, but yeah, like look at this and copy paste to the way that that the rock is nowadays. And I mean, I follow we both follow him on Instagram. Yeah. He's always giving back to the community. And he's always like he's ignoring the naysayers. And he's he gets up at four in the morning to do like a two hour leg workout. And then he goes <laughs> and then he plays with his daughter and, and lets lets her paint his footnails and everything. It's like, okay, dude, like he's the real deal. And yeah, and uh that's why I have a tremendous amount of respect for Schwarzenegger, and that's why he will always be one of my favorite action movie stars. That's a perfect way to end this, man. I think so, too. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, well, welcome to 2023. And uh, let's all have a good year ahead of us. I'll talk to you next time. I'll be back. <laughs>